Good Christmas Eve, everyone. Welcome to the VaultQuest.com podcast with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us. Jesse Simonton spending some time with his family, but we wanted to give you guys a little bit of a mailbag podcast. If you're traveling today, maybe you uh, get your earbuds in while some people are watching Disney Plus in the back of the car or whatever it is heading your way. We wish everyone a uh, terrific and, and a safe and happy uh, Christmas, but uh, let's jump right to it. Before we get into the, to the questions, and we'll get right to those quickly, Rob, I want uh, you to just give your thoughts on the Lamonte Turner situation and now the fact that uh, the young man who's been playing over in Australia is here. What, is the, what do those two things mean to Tennessee? Uh, I mean, first on Lamonte, just a bizarre situation. I mean, I'm, I mean, I talked to you know Rick since the fact Rick didn't know it when Lamonte went into the press room and and made that announcement. He was caught. He was caught off guard. Uh, I mean, there's no animosity there. I mean, Rick understands you know what a tough decision it was. So I mean, you know, the timing was was weird, but um, it's I mean, it's a huge loss for Tennessee. Even even with Lamonte playing. You know, not at the level that he wanted to play at. It's still a huge loss for Tennessee. You know, leadership-wise, defense, and and depth-wise, you're talking about having eight available scholarship players now, and four of those guys are true freshmen. So, I mean, Tennessee's in a bad spot. I mean, there's there's no sugarcoating it at all. And I, I mean, I don't. Other than being a warm body, I mean, Viscovi's not gonna. He's gonna get here December 28th. They play LSU a week later. That kid's not gonna be able to help you. I mean, he may play. He's, he's gonna have to play though, wouldn't he? I mean, you got eight bodies. I mean, but what is is he the difference to make an NCAA tournament? I mean, I don't know what Rick will decide to do, but I mean, to me, this year is just a write off. Now, I wouldn't waste the kid's scholarship to play him, you know, to be an NIT team or the kid's year of eligibility. And again, eight people. I think it, it changes the equation some if he can help. But I mean, they're not going to throw him to the dogs. I mean, he's certainly not going to be able to play first couple of weeks here. I mean, Rick Rick complains that the freshmen he's got that have been here since all, since June don't know what to do. Well, I agree with that, but. <laughs> But you're also a sprained ankle away from being in, you know, a, sure. in, in big time trouble. Again, I mean, I'm not you're a sprained ankle away from him being forced to play. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the kid's not going to play. I'm just saying he's not going to play on January 4th against LSU. Right. Yeah. No. You can't. And then you can't expect him to. I mean, other than as you mentioned, warm body provided some some depth there along the way. I mean, what you would be asking him to do would be really crazy. It's not Jarnell Stokes. It's it's a total different. It's a different type deal that way. I guess so. to me, it depends on like if you can. If you can right the ship a little bit, let's say you beat Wisconsin coming up this weekend, you were to win a few early on in conference play, then maybe it changes the outlook of your season. Because at this point, you're still just a two-loss basketball team. you know. And if you can get off to a decent start in conference play, but the problem is they're going to have to really flip the script because offensively they're a train wreck. Well, I mean, they're just they're, – they're, they're, they're in a hard spot now without, without a true without – they didn't ha- – I mean, Lamonte was playing the point because he had experience – now the the fact that Josiah was not available much in in preseason camp and you hadn't worked him at the point means Rob you're gonna have growing pains starting oh, against yeah. Wisconsin big time at the at the point I mean, guard I, spot. I, I don't think this is an NCAA tur- tournament team. I, I thought with Lamonte, if Lamonte was playing, at, you know, like at the level we've seen him play in the past, I, I thought they were a, you know a fringe NCAA tournament team, eight you know six nine seed something I, I just think that's a, that's a really tall order now. how hard is it for for coach Barnes to hold this thing to hold this kind of team together given look you, you didn't win the appeal for, for the big man now Lamonte's gone how hard are they fragile or do you think uh, they're I mean, okay I, I think character wise I mean they're, they're the you know all the right kind of kids I mean that you know it's going to be tough but I don't I don't as far as you know mutiny I don't think you're going to see anything like that I mean I think the, the makeup of these guys is, is is strong I mean they're you know high character dudes that 
you know, I, I think we'll battle and, and, and fight, but it's it just not having not having Lamonte and you mentioned Eurosh. I mean Rick count Rick 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 was had penciled Eurosh in. He he never thought they were gonna lose that appeal. Ever. Right. And it just totally you know, just totally changed the makeup of this basketball team. First, you know, not having him available and then Lamonte's decision. Yeah, they're certainly not the basketball team people thought they would be heading and, into and again, Christmas. And I know that everybody's asking about Viscovi, and I'm not saying it's impossible that kid plays, but I mean, Rick, I can tell you 100% was not counting on that kid to play this year. Talked to other people around the program, they were not counting on him to play. Now, obviously, Lamonte, that, that situation is, has, has possibly changed that, but he's just not going to play early. And again, I'm just, I, I just don't, if you don't think that he's, you know, going to win you four or five games, which I don't think he is, I don't know why you, you know, waste that year of eligibility. The other thing, too, is he has to get through clearinghouse and, and, and get all of his approvals. I mean, it should not be a problem. It's not that. But it doesn't mean he lands in town and is ready to play from day one from an eligibility standpoint. He's got to get everything through the process and taken care of. And remember, a lot of those places are closed over the Christmas break as well. So uh, might not even be available from an eligibility standpoint uh, for, for the conference opener against LSU. So we'll keep close tabs on that. All right, let's jump into the questions here in the mailbag edition. We'll go to VFL uh, 333. Uh, what, is, what is most on Tennessee's side in the battle for Jay Hardy? What's the biggest thing working against him? What's the plus and the minus for Jay Hardy? I think the biggest minus is the fact that he didn't pick here to begin with. And I he's got to tell Rodney Garner no. And he's got to tell Rodney Garner no. The biggest plus, the fact that he's been here a bunch, um, and, and really enjoys all the guys in this class, Cooper, Tyler, Keyshawn, Big O. Um, and I know he picked Auburn to begin with, but it, he, there is an affection for Tennessee because that, that's what he grew up cheering for. Now, you got to overcome those main two obstacles I just talked about, you know, which is something that's hard to do. When you, when you go against the home state school, there's a uh, – if you end up flipping it back around, sometimes a kid feels a little bit of – I won't say shame. Um, a little bit of embarrassment. Yeah, maybe. a little bit. Yeah, like, you know. It's, it's not as easy. I, yeah, it's not as easy to flip back, you know. And, I, and I, I know some parents are like, well, they do that at other places. I mean, it's not hard for someone to flip back to Georgia. But, I mean, it, sometimes it is. You just have to get past it. You know, I, I, I maintain that, you know, Tate Ratledge was probably not, not ever coming here. But I think that the, 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 the embarrassment of, you know, spurning the school that you grew up cheering for that your family loves so much that your grandma loves so much that your dad loves so much you know it hurt Tennessee to a degree yeah I don't I don't disagree with that at all I will say the one other thing going for Tennessee in their favor is they've got some in-home visits to play with yeah uh, the head coach has not been in the house yeah, that's right Jeremy's not been in the house Malzahn has right. and so the Auburn shot their shot he did not sign early and I know he's told some people well you know I wanted to sign early but I was at that basketball basketball tournament yeah okay i mean like you can send that loi in from any place on the planet as long as you got a wireless or internet connection so um you know he, he chose not to sign on purpose tennessee's got a shot here and now they're gonna have to figure out how to shoot uh, their best shot coming up uh, in the month of january all right lkw19 do you does tennessee end up with a five star in this class i'm gonna say no unless somebody changes a ranking yeah i think harrison bailey's gonna end up as a five star oh, because okay. chad's already said that he's advocating for it mike farrell has is, is, is made comments to the similar if the guy that recruits your state 
or that works your state in the recruiting cycle and Chad and then the guy that you know oversees, is everybody it. oversees it is saying that then I think Harrison Bailey ends up as a five-star all right let's go to Bassmaster Vol. any new targets for February you had we've, we've talked a little bit about the receiver in Rock Hill South Carolina kind of mentioned his name you had a thread Austin on that um on Sunday night, I guess it was. Sounds like that one might be intriguing for Tennessee because they got some different playmakers out there for them offensively that they're going to recruit in the January period. Well, correct. You know, Corey Rand being one of them, the former Georgia signee, but Jacory Caldwell, um, and, and you know, he's somebody I'm still trying to figure out. Like, you know, how has he been this undervalued across the board? You know, I mean, like, he plays against decent competition there at Northwestern. You know. Um, over there in Rock Hill, uh, it, it's a bit befuddling to me. Um, now he doesn't put up huge numbers, but a lot of that I think is, is the offense that he plays in, so on and so forth. Um, but he's definitely someone who's impressed a lot of teams down the stretch. But this is also that time of year where teams, you know, start looking for the diamonds in the rough, overvaluing some guys. Yeah, too. they overvalue some guys. And I'm not to say that he he may be the next Jerry Rice or next Randy Moss, but I'm just saying like. When you look at the line, you go back to Jeremy's first year, the kids they signed late in the game. You know, Karak Garland's turned into a little solid player, you know, for a guy that was kind of, you know, well, we'll take him because we got spots. You know, uh, Cedric Tillman took him because he had spots. Right. Um, Tennessee, I think, is going to be very selective with this, these four spots. Obviously, Jay Hardy's got one. Dee Beckwith has one. After that, I think it might be best available slash transfer. All right, all right. Let's go to Big Orange Warrior. Rob, would the ideal scenario be for Jerry Garantano uh, to start and have Harrison Bailey play in four games in redshirt next year, or do you think Bailey actually competes for the job? I think, you know, if Jerry builds on what he did this year, I, I think ideally you, you never want to start a freshman. I don't care, you know, how good they are. But, you know, I think what we've seen with his staff, he'll definitely have a chance to compete for the job. Now, how realistic is it that he – it really provides stiff competition. I don't know, but I mean, getting here in the spring is always big. Kids obviously talented, but I'll be surprised if Corantano's not they're kind of firmly entrenched. I expect Shrout to transfer. That's uh, your pick. Yeah, that's my pick. I mean, just based on the fact he played very little this year, um, you know, and, and and showed in just enough on tape that you know he might get somebody to take a flyer on him on the promise that he has out there, the big arm. Um, I think Mauer's entrenched here for now. I mean, you know, I mean, if, if he loses out to Harris, I think anytime you have a quarterback room, if, if an older guy loses out to a younger guy, the he older gone. guys, he gone. He gone. You yeah. Know. So I mean, like for right now, Mauer's entrenched. Um, of course, Harrison Bailey. To me, like, what's Kasim Hill do? Kasim Hill played at Maryland. You know, he's here now. I, I don't see him being that a real was, factor. That was always bizarre. I look at maybe position change for him. I don't know. I, I, mean, I like, think that whole quarterback room in the spring is going to be fascinating. Look, Harrison Bailey is going to have a chance to compete because I, everybody's going to have a chance to compete. Yes. I think the red shirt rule could certainly fall into his favor oh, yeah. with the four games. I think every coach would love to play that scenario where you play a guy in four games or three games, get his feet wet. You don't have to worry about him losing the year, but you can get him some quality. Well, it's like Jimmy Holiday. I mean, like, Jimmy Holiday is going to be an interesting case because if you roll out there and you run some wildcat every game and he's your wildcat guy – you know, what's fascinating? You're right. What's fascinating about the quarterback deal? A lot of times in these, in these, when you you got a crowded room, Rob, the room doesn't get crowded until the summertime, and so everybody kind of spends the summer sort of sizing somebody up. You're going to see everybody in the spring, from Holiday to Bailey to Shrout, Mauer, Garantano, Sim, you know, Casim Hill. Everybody is here, 
in the spring. So you're really going to size everybody up, and then that's going to make May and people's decisions, I think, sure. really I, interesting. I couldn't, agree. I couldn't agree more. That's I mean, something you don't normally see. You and, know? and to me, I mean, Holiday might be the wild card there. I mean, I, I agree with AP that right you know, as of now, I think Mowers entrenched, but, you know, if he comes in here and blows people away in the spring, you know, maybe Mowers thinking he's got a decision to make. All right, let's go to T yeah. 10 Vol 2004. Does the staff regret not taking Jamiri Butler even after getting Morvin Joseph? Will J.J. Peterson be able to lift without shoulder issues restricting him this offseason? And do you think he's getting any better? And what should the expectations be for the football team next season? Let's start quickly with Butler Joseph. I don't think they have regrets because they cut him. Yeah, that's right. I think that maybe they would not have had regrets had they not landed Morvin Joseph and in of course, they obviously didn't land Kyrie Coleman, um, but you know I, I don't think that they have it now that they landed Joseph. As for J.J. Peterson, you know physically he's better. We'll, we'll see where he's at. I do think he's going to have a chance to have a legitimate off season and a legitimate spring practice for the first time in his career um, because he he's a guy who lost apparatuses on the practice field. He was losing braces as the season went along. Um, he's gotten a ton of work through this fundamental stuff. Uh, the first part of bowl practice here. So he should have a complete winner workout. Expectations for this team next season? Well, you lose a ton of production. You know, I, I think, you know, nobody wants to hear it because nobody wants to go, well, it's about what they did this year. I think eight and four would be, you know, it's one better than this year. And again, your, your schedule is a little bit tougher because you have Oklahoma. But I do think having Georgia later in the year helps because all of a sudden you don't have that kind of middle of the road gauntlet that you've had for the last several years. And if you can somehow find a way to win at home early in the year against Florida, you're probably going to play for the East later in the year. Because, you know, even if you lose to Alabama, you're likely going to beat Arkansas. And if you take care of the teams that take care of the teams that you beat this year, you know, then you potentially play Georgia for that East crown later in the year. I think eight and four is pretty realistic. I mean Yeah, that's probably where I'd put them right now too. I mean yeah, you're gonna have to pull you're gonna have to pull one out that you're that, that nobody thinks you're going to. If you're, if you're I think the question is going to be how do you manage the offense early in the year until you get some receivers really going? Or does, does Brandon Johnson suddenly take off? Does Palmer take off? You're just losing kind of the go-to weapons there. Or it, does, does D'Angelo Gibbs live yeah. up to all the hype that he's right. created playing scout team this year? Well, what do you – I mean, does Brandon Kennedy win his appeal? They certainly expect him to. Does Trey Smith stay – what, what kind of transfer what, do you get? What kind, what kind of impact do you find at the inside linebacker position to replace Batuli? Yeah. Um, and, and then what do you do at safety and then, and with then the loss of who, Who's, who's going to be the edge guy? I mean, yeah. you know, I, I That's know. That's a big question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a huge question because at the end of the day, the, I think they want to move, you know, Kovars Crouch back inside to play alongside Henry. So all of a sudden, instead of Batuli and Henry, you've got Henry and Q. And then, you know, who's on the outside? Is Roman Harrison take that step? Kayvon Bennett actually flat, he honestly flashed at times this year, but did he flash because everybody was focused on Daryl Taylor? You know, I mean, can he, can he play the role of Batman on the outside, or is he just a Robin? I mean, I think he's probably just a Robin, but you're going to have to have somebody step up. All right, Tom, I'm going to kind of combine hard hat vol and orange rev here. Uh, they, they want to know the top – orange rev wants to know the top four likely targets – for Tennessee to sign in February. Hard Hat Vol wants to know who the top 10 targets are in February. <laughs> I, I know, we're going to combine them all. We sort of hit this a little bit, but I, I think we, we both feel like, or all of us feel like, D. Beckwith, okay, and obviously Jay Hardy. Top two, they got a spot regardless yep. of that. Who, who are the next three to four guys to keep an eye on? Wren? 
I think Wren and then of course Caldwell, the, right. both, both those, receivers. Okay, then you got Kyrie Miller. You're going to you're going to keep on the list. I, I'll keep him on the list, but I think Tennessee's looking at other linemen. They're looking at other potential linemen, but I'm not sure Tennessee takes an offensive lineman. Which would, which would include St. John from St. Yes, Louis, right? I, see, I don't think they'll take him. Yeah. I, you know, I, they may prove me wrong in six weeks, but I, one, I think he's headed to Arkansas because I think there's so much of that Missouri staff that's over there. And then two, that's that's way closer than coming to Knoxville if you're if you're from St. Louis. And then, you know, two, I'm just not sure Tennessee's in love with him. I, you know, they bring kids in all the time. I said this, you know, right. that, that they're just not in love with. Just to, you know, one, to keep them off somebody else's campus because you have so many visits you can you can give out. And two, you know, just to you know, measure them up. You get them in here, you see them face-to-face. Maybe you will like them more after you see them face-to-face. Maybe not. Is there a corner? Is there a DB? That's that to me. That's the one you know, the one area Tennessee offered to get from Louisiana last week. Um, you know, that's the one area that I think Tennessee's searching high and low. They're going to just be diving in. I, I know talking to some people, you know, after after Wednesday, there was a, you know, there was a, a lot of film watching for DBs specifically, just to see if there's somebody out there. But I mean, like they don't want somebody that's five ten. They want somebody that's six one six two. They want somebody that can run. I mean, th- those guys just don't grow on trees. No, they so, certainly don't. They I mean, the fact that the, the likelihood that somebody's out there that's that meets all that criteria is, you know, there's probably grade concerns or something. Right. All right. Let's go to back to uh, VFL three three three. Robbie wants to know why did Turner not tell Rick Barnes first? Yeah, I can't answer that question. I mean, I I do not know. I mean, I I I, I guess. I mean, maybe Rick will address it, but I, I don't know. And again, I, I've spoken with Rick post you know, a, after this, and there's again, there's no animosity. It's just a strange deal. Well, it certainly was. It's almost like he had just hit a level of frustration after the game and just if, decided to go. If you'll notice, man, I mean, you go back and watch. He missed his first shot about five feet, and after that, he never looked at really at another outside shot. He was turning stuff down. Um, and I think he, I think he kind of had made his mind up during the game. Spoke with his family afterwards, and then you know came into came into the interview room and just kind of shocked everybody. Wow, yeah, it's a crazy, crazy story as you mentioned. Simpson Vall, what bowl or what position group benefits the most from the additional bowl practices? I'm going to say the offensive line because they've got guys injured or or and guys so, have transferred. Guys have transferred, so it's forced it's forced them to work Jerome Carbon so much more at center. It, it's gotten you know. Calbert more reps. It's it's gotten Jameer Johnson back hundred you know closer to hundred percent healthy. So I think that Tennessee, if if you're going to be down three linemen, you needed those additional bowl practices for that group. Now that's for this bowl game. That's not necessarily long term. That's I think, the bowl game. I think for a group that needed it to springboard to next year, it's got to be the tight ends for me. You got some young guys there, whether it be Jacob Warren, whether it be Sean Brown, Jackson Lowe. Um, that did very little or absolutely nothing this year. And this type of work, to me, has got to be a huge springboard for them heading in to th- into 2020. Because otherwise, you're looking at a group that you signed two guys a year ago. If neither one of those guys factor at all next year, then that's a whiff. And I, I'm not saying that you have to – two years in, you've got to be catching 15 or 20 balls – I'm just saying you've got to be a factor. You've got to be a factor as a blocker. You've got to be a factor in the two deep. You don't have to be a starter. I think that's unfair. But I think you've got to, you know, they they give those guys little to nothing this year. And I would lean towards more towards nothing. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. That's to springboard forward, I would take the offensive line for the bowl game, but tight ends 
for the springboard forward. All right, volunteer to 87. I know it's unlikely, but pick one three-star from this class that's gonna, that would most likely be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. All right, here we go. You got Jabari Small. You got Reginald Perry. I'm going to say Reginald Perry just based on the fact that it's a, such a position of need in the NFL if he indeed, he become, if he indeed becomes an offensive tackle. Jimmy Holiday's a, a candidate. Whitehead's a candidate as three-star guys. T. Hodge, Spragans, and Kyrie Miller if he's in this class. I'm going to go Spragans. Spragans. Uh, I, you know, guards are hard, but I just think that he's kind of got I – mean, if you watch his film, he's – I mean, he is – he plays, you know, past the whistle a lot of times. But he's a guy that just is, is, is mean, he's relentless, uh, you know, and he plays the game with such a, uh, a, a mean disposition that, you know, the fact that his, he's not had anybody in his family go to college – this is going to be a big deal for him. I think he lays it all on the line. I think he's going to give you everything he's got. All right. Smokey4319, Rob, what's your top three favorite Christmas movies, and where does Tennessee finish in the National Signing Day rankings in February? If you want to opt out of the Christmas movies, just say Die Hard, and where are they going to finish die in the hard. rankings? Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Christmas Story. And Die Hard. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It sure it is. Why not? It's a Christmas it. movie. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm going to lean on you know, Jesse and Austin. I'll say number nine. You think they'll, you think they'll stay nine? I think they'll finish 11th. Well, it depends to me on who you know who they add. You know, if they add, if they're able to flip Jay Hardy, then that's going to be a, a substantial bump in points. You know, and if, if Bailey goes to five star, yeah, if, if yeah, if Bailey goes to five star, so what's you know, your pick? Uh, I'm saying eleven. I'm going to split the difference and go ten. You're going to say ten, a top ten class. All right, Govall's twenty one. Who is Tennessee in good shape with in twenty twenty one in 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 the state of Tennessee, and are they in the driver's seat for anybody? I don't know if they're like at this point if they're in the driver's seat for anybody. Who do you um, like in this twenty-one class in state? Well, I, yeah, I love Andre Turntine at, at, at Innsworth. I think he's a really good player. I, I think I, I like D, Dietrich Pennington a lot, but that one seems like it's gonna, it's gonna be very low key, and it's gonna be a lot of information. Not gonna have a whole lot of information out of it. Dietrich's kind of that kind of kid, um, but Tennessee's made Memphis a big priority. Would be shocked if. That's not the case going forward under Jeremy Pruitt, but I do think they'll have to recruit Nashville a lot more in 2021. Um, obviously, uh, you know the kid at uh, the the tight end over there at uh, Ravenwood, Brigginstool, is a kid that I think you know is a good-looking player. Hudson Wolf is probably going to be the top. He's the top-ranked player in the state, um, I do believe. Um, and uh, you know I, I like his game a lot. You know he's he's a bigger tight end, more of a traditional you know tight end. Um, and then, you know, I don't. The one area where I think Tennessee is is weaker this year is, for 2021 is East Tennessee. Oh, I, was, see, I was getting ready to mention it after a couple of really good years. Yeah, I mean, there's just not it's, locally. It's pretty lean. It's very lean next yeah. year in 2021. So, uh, how but, good is but, the kid up in Bristol? Safety? Is he, is he somebody that Tennessee's going to? Yeah, I mean they've offered. I mean I, I think they want to get him down here for camp. Yeah, I think you got to see him a little bit. I mean he I, and watching him play in person. Um, he he he'll play physical. I don't know what they were trying to do with him on offense at Tennessee High. Um, he, he played really much just see ball, hit ball, straight down. Of course, he's playing against the Georgia Tech type of offense that Gibbs runs. So it's hard to see how he would play in space. I think they definitely want to get him to camp, but that's one to keep an eye on because his stock. Everybody's intrigued by him and his, by what kind of athlete he is. Bronco Vall, what was the what was the tipping point for Morvin Joseph? You talk to him on the nation. What do you think? Because we heard part of the family was FSU, part of the family was Tennessee. Why is this Tennessee? Just because he felt like the, the staff was genuine, liked their pitch, 
wants to play early. Um, told me last night on the Nation that he knew two weeks ahead of time, which, you know, he did the interview with me about six or seven days uh, before he announced. I actually looked back, and it was the 10th. So that was eight days before he, uh, he announced. Um, I said six on the general scores. But when I went back and looked, it was actually eight days. Um, wow. And um, so, I mean, I just think he, you know, just felt comfortable here. And, and as he said, he goes, I went to Florida, went to Florida State. None of them, none of them compared to the t- Tennessee official. All right, J.L. Tucker, assuming Banks is reinstated, break down a linebacker position heading into next year. When you talk about starters inside and outside, maybe the, what the two deep looks like there. I think it was pretty simple. You had Henry T. in there is entrenched in the inside. Yep. Do they move Crouch to the inside? I think that makes the most sense. Yep. And then I think on the outside, Bennett, Harrison, and anybody else with a pulse is going to have an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, correct. I mean, you know, can any of those guys like a Tyler Barron come in and can he play outside? You know, now I mean, if Banks is reinstated, do they leave Crouch outside? Can you trust Banks well enough if he's reinstated? See, to I'm going to go guy? no. I think you still move Q inside, and 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 you know, Jeremy Banks is a guy that you know is a is a nice you know piece to plug in when one of those guys has to come out. Yeah, I I, I just think. Crouch looks much more natural. I do too. In, inside again, where's those outside guys is going to be really, really intriguing to see, uh, kind of what that what that looks like um, mo- moving forward. All right, Cajun, um, Hardy, yes or no? Not ready to make that call. No, I make right. that call. All right, any chance Jordan Allen contributes in the future? I don't see that one. Well, that's one though that you, potentially on the outside, you really need to see some development. I'm unwilling to to be that judgmental on anybody like that. Well, I mean, true. you know, I, especially with this current staff, their development of guys, you know, has been so good in my mind that, like, you know, I was probably a year ago more judgmental on, on these type of cases, and I've learned with them not to be. Look at Ni- Nigel Ward is the most perfect example. That's why I kept – I said this on The Nation. I've said this on, on the general's quarters. Jeremy and them can tout the Eddie Jacksons and the Minka Fitzpatricks till they're blue in the face. They were first-round picks, but they were supposed to be. Nigel Warrior was an uh, an afterthought, and he got first team All SEC. I mean, that, to me, that that that's as good of a coaching job by Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt as anything they've ever done. That's in my opinion. All right, offensive line, starting offensive line, left to right next year if Trey leaves. Wanye's at left tackle, left guard. We'll have to wait and see. Um, there's some candidates yeah, there. Yeah, we'll have do to they wait and see? You know, do they you know do they do they go a transfer route? Is there somebody that they can? Yeah, you know. I mean, that was up in the air. Brandon Kennedy should be your center at, at right guard. I'll go Carvin. Although Carvin's going to be at one guard spot, in yeah. my opinion, he's made enough of a jump to be the starter at one side. And then, and then on the outside, on the right, is going to be it's going to be Darnell. You know, I, yes, but the, the one caveat to that is, is do they just say, okay, look, we're going to just go balls to the wall, and put K-Ron at a guard spot and say, we're going to teach you everything you need to Or do we say, maybe Darnell, we, we like Darnell more inside. I don't think that's and, the case. I think Darnell's more of the tackle. But I think they really like K-Ron, and I don't think they want to just go, well, K-Ron, you'll be the backup to Darnell. Or Darnell, you'll be the backup to K-Ron. I think you're, it's best five available. To me, like this next, you know, the bowl practice slash going into spring practice, for both those guys, because to me, I would want them both on the field. I thought K-Ron really held his own at spots there later in the year, and Darnell's going to only get better and better. Yeah, I don't. I I think they like the physicality of K-Ron to the point that you got to find it. You got to you got to find him heavy in that. He's got to be a better combo blocker. Yeah, I agree with that. But he, he's he's got enough physicality to play there. Rob, the top three receivers next year on the team. Oh, uh, 
Brandon Johnson. I mean, better be. I would think. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Johnson, Palmer, Palmer. Gibbs. Uh, that's that's the three I would pick. And, and I think I mean I think Gibbs. If you just watch him, is I mean he's very obviously talented. You know how 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 does he you know make the adjustment? And and Palmer, man, I think Palmer's got a. Sh- I think Palmer's got a shot to get drafted. Here's the other two. Jalen Hyatt's going to factor in somewhere. I've I'm, seen enough. Well, I, I've seen enough. I'm sorry. I've seen enough. He's going to factor. I'm going to. I'm. 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 No. <laughs> I just don't see it with Brandon Johnson. Just well, now like, you're going to go the opposite of what you just said. You said you weren't going to just. I mean, you talk about development. No, no I'm not saying that. His I'm not saying that he can't have a solid year. But you asked me. Top, you, the question was top three. I would take Ramel Keaton over uh, Brandon you know, Johnson. You know what? I you forget. Everybody I forgets see, about I, him. I, I totally. And, you I know, like Keaton. Yeah. yeah. And so I like, see that. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. No, One of those right. freshmen, whether it be Callaway or Hyatt, will come in and be better than everybody thinks. I just, I just wonder if Brandon Johnson gets lost again. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Johnson right. and Carlin Fields Ami, or as Jeremy calls him, Carlin Fields Ames. Uh, you know, both those guys got redshirted. But I just don't, I just don't know if I see it. I, and, and and maybe again, maybe they'll prove me wrong. I don't think that I don't think they just are, are not going to be. I don't. I'm not going to say they're not going to be factors. But are they one of the top three? Yeah. Or is Brandon one of the top three? I just don't know if I can say that. Yeah. Big spring for him, certainly. No, it is. No yeah. question about that. All right. CD Vol, favorite signee of the class. Hmm. You know. I mean, how do you not go for Harrison Bailey? Guy you like. No, no, no. Guy you like personally. Let's do the personal. Let's don't talk about favorite signee from the standpoint of talent or, or this. Let's talk about a guy you enjoy dealing with that you're, that's one of your favorites. Well, I mean. In terms of a dude. I'm not going to take – I'm, I'm going to take Cooper out of the mix because everybody knows I love the Mays family, okay? We're, we're, we're going to take, take that out of the mix. All right, Uncle. Uh, who, who else you got? You know, I really like uh, Jimmy Holiday. Yeah. I like that kid a lot. Yeah. yeah. Me as Spragans. I had, I had just, the, just the limited interaction I had with him. That, that kid wants to be here so bad. I like him, and I like Big O as well. Two great kids. I, I think there's – here's the one thing I do like about this class. I like the families. I like the Hyatt family. I like the Thomas family. Obviously, I like the Mays family. Um, there, there's some quality families in this yeah, class. I haven't dealt with as much as you have, but I, I, I like to marry McDonald. Quite yeah. he, he's, a, he's a really good kid to, to deal with. And same thing on, on the families. Yeah. All right. All right. Deftones 11. What are the Tennessee's keys to beating Indiana in the bowl game? Just come out and be prepared. I think Tennessee's the better football team. Uh, I think they're the more athletic football team. Um, you know, and don't let all the, the distractions of you've had some transfers, you've had a couple of injuries, you know, don't let that, you know, distract. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's the case as well. A um, couple more here, and then we're gonna we're gonna wind it up. Austin, what kind of pay bump are you expecting for Coach Yak? Don't you think it's gonna have to? Well, he's making four fifty, I think now. I think he's probably gonna go to five fifty. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think you're gonna have to pay to keep him, don't you? Yes, I agree. I, I think that, in fact, I think that uh, Jeremy knows this. I think Jeremy's, you know, been somewhat active and trying to go ahead and, you know, have discussions. Uh, you know, but I also know that you know Coach Johnson is focused on, you know, this particular team finishing it out, and uh, I think they'll, you know, shortly after the bowl game, Tennessee would, uh, you know, get hard to work on making sure DJ is around to stay. Everybody wants to know about staff changes. We have a couple of different questions on here. I, I think you just got to wait and see how other staff shake out. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt's necessarily going to walk through with an axe on a bunch of guys on his staff. Now, I, do I think there's a chance of some changes? Sure. I think that, but I think that all depends on how some stuff shakes out around the country. Yeah, anybody that's on an expiring deal 
is you know apt to not be back. But I, I do think that you know Coach Pruitt is is less likely to pull the trigger on some things than he maybe he was you know a year ago slash just you know a few months ago. Um, I think that he that the continuity is is a big deal when you look at Georgia and their lack of continuity the last couple of years. Um, you know, Alabama's lack of continuity obviously hurt them this past year, at least in, in most people's opinion. Um, I think Jeremy sees that, you know, hey, it's maybe not always the best way to go. But I do think that he, he prepares himself as if there is going to be one to two changes just based on the fact that there are expiring deals and people may come for a guy like Chris Rump who's only got one year left on his deal. All right. We didn't mention Chris A in that offensive line. Where does he play? What kind of factor do you he's think? He's a guard. He I mean, I, I, I think he's a guard all the way. No chance he plays tackle. No, right? no chance he plays tackle. And I, you know, I think that they like him a lot. He's just got to let it become more natural. He's not been playing football a few years. I think a lot of the times he's so like, I guess, mechanical in everything he does that sometimes he doesn't just play. And so I, that, in my opinion, is, is a big deal. Yeah, I remember him at a, at a camp where he said he was still learning what all the downs meant. I mean, and, and, and I'm not trying to be – I mean, he had offers at that point. Yeah. He didn't know that. Um, why do you think Tennessee is not recruiting, hasn't recruited the Gibbs kid from Dalton? They got him up here. They liked him at corner. He didn't want to play corner. I don't, I'm not sure that the offensive staff likes him. I mean, I know he puts up a million yards. And he may go put up a million yards in college. But that don't always translate, you know, um, to, the, to the college game. And Hey, look, if you don't feel like a kid fits your system – you don't have to recruit a kid. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like Tennessee didn't feel like Elijah Young fit their system. That doesn't make him right or wrong. I mean, he may go prove you wrong at Missouri because you'll play against him every year, but, you know, you don't just take a kid because there's some kind of pressure because he put up 44 touchdowns in a year or whatever. Yeah. All right. Last one. We're going to get out the door here. Um, for many too young to remember, Majors 88 team, uh, they finished that season 5-0 and after the ugly start. Do you see parallels, similarities, and differences from that team to this team, and what was the major factor that led to um, that five and six team in '88 going to 11 and one? You know, I think the thing is they brought in some players in '89 who are really good players who came in and were huge factors after that '88 team. They moved some guys to, from offense to defense. They got some guys healthy after some ugly injuries. They made a coaching change there. There were a lot of factors that went into that '89 team. Was extremely talented. Um, and so I don't think this team next year going into 2020 is going to carry that type of talent upgrade. Not that this talent's bad, but I don't think it's going to be the upgrade uh, that you see um, or that you saw um, from that 88 to that 89 team. I, I, just, I just don't think that, that you're going to see that, that, that way at all. All right, last one, and then we are going, Austin. Last one for sure. This is a good one. I'm going to let you ask this one, okay? I'm going to ask this one. Behind-the-scenes recruiting story, your favorite. Or your most intriguing one that you can tell from this past year in recruiting. Give them, give them a little Christmas present here. Okay, so uh, I want to hit the same thing we hit in the, 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 the war room because everybody wanted to understand what I meant when I said he, he, he said he was sleeping. Okay, so Je well, I come over, Je Jesse and I come over here the morning of the orange and white game. There was actually a Valkwest member that saw us walking with Justin Rogers, um, you know, after doing the video. So we go over there, we do the video, the whole thing. I edit it, give it to him. He's great with it. We'll do it at 5.30. 5.30 comes, no response. Yeah, this is happening. supposed to go it, release it, in the middle of the spring game. Oh, no, right before it starts. Oh, yeah, before right before it starts. Yeah. That's right. That's right. No, nowhere to be found. Can't find him. Talk to somebody at UT. He's in the complex. 
finally get him. I was sleeping. I'm gonna do it later tonight. Later tonight comes around. He all of a sudden he wants like, you know, the couple of highlights that I had in it changed to this type of highlight. So I'm like, okay, so I switch that. Okay, I'm gonna do it later tonight. That never comes. I'm gonna do it tomorrow, and that never comes. You know, so people around him got involved and and nixed the whole thing. Basically, is what you know, the, the, you know, suffice to say. So, um, you know. It, a lot of times, you know, it, 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 we talk about it. Recruiting is fluid. There, there's you shows you how fluid it is because it was, you know, it was constant. You know, and t- I mean Tennessee was talking to Justin Rogers two days before signing day. You oh, know, it was fluid. And he told him he wasn't going to sign with Kentucky. And I told somebody, you know, the night before signing day, I said, "I bet you Justin Rogers signs with Kentucky." I mean, like that kid just was going to do it. I mean, well, and there was a moment we were heading to Dixon to see Trayvon Ripka. Yeah, that's right. right. I, I mean, a week. You know, a little less than a week yep. before he made his decision. We were going to do it on his, his little peewee football field. Yeah, and so that that's the thing when people say, give your prediction, you have, to, you have to be careful because you know it's always changing. Like Morvin Joseph had the story done, he gave it to us, but then it got a little dicey once he took that visit to Florida State. Now, it sounds like he did that to appease some family members. Yeah, I think it got dicey based off the fact that Morvin didn't do a lot of talking right. after the, the visit. So then people were like, just assuming because he had went back to Florida State on the visit. So then, you know, I mean, how many, you know, kind of crazy rumors have been out there about Darnell Washington on, on the GQ in the last couple of days? I mean, it just, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it, that's how recruiting goes. You know, it gets to be silly season, and it'll get to be silly season in the month of January. There'll be 5,000 Jay Hardy rumors. Oh, yeah. A couple hundred D, D Beckwith rumors. And then... You know, it'll be 1,500 Cade Mays rumors because that's going to not die until Cade Mays either stays at Georgia or he does it. Yep, you're exactly right. All right, that's going to do it for this Christmas Eve edition of the VolQuest.com podcast. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a very Merry Christmas, everybody.